Okay, welcome to TNT Sports Talk. Today is Thursday, April 12th. We are presented by D's Home Cuts. I'm your host, Travis Karczewski, joined with my other host, Truman Karczewski. How's it going, guys? And we are joined in studio today by Vikings fan Dave Solomon. How you guys doing? (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to get into that a little bit later. Like I said, a Vikings fan. We've had a Bears fan and now a Vikings fan. It's kind of disgusting, but we'll get through it. (laughs) (laughs) Um... So we're going to get it right into football talk. Uh, one of the biggest stories right now is Color Rush. They got rid of Color Rush Thursdays, which is kind of sad, you know, kind of look forward to that every Thursday. Um, they're going to, I guess teams still have the option to wear them whenever they want, but they're, but they're going to try to get better games on Thursday. I hate Thursday games, though. I don't, I'm not a big fan of those. Yeah, because sometimes they're just bad divisional games. Like you'll see sometimes, you know, the Bengals versus the Ravens and stuff like that. So if they can make that more of a primetime matchup to where you can have good teams like Sunday night or Monday night, um, I think that'll be good. But I'm going to miss the color rush. I thought those uniforms were cool. Um, Some teams were ugly. Some teams were really cool, though. Um, So it's kind of sad to be gone. But, I mean, I guess if they get to wear it whenever they want now, that's still still pretty cool. But they do need to make Thursday night better any any chance they get. Yeah, I agree with what Truman said about Thursday night. And I, d- I do disagree with them taking away color rush jersey on Thursday on Thursdays. My bad, but um the color rush jerseys were the highlight of some team season like the Browns. Yeah. <laughs> Bron- yeah. Browns didn't have a very eventful season, and the color rush jerseys just add a little bit more to their season. Yeah, and plus like Thursday games, you got players coming off like three days rest, and mm-hmm. it's just they, I don't think they need to get rid of Thursday games altogether. Yeah, I don't think players like it. I don't think they, they like just try to stretch it out too much. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. just give us a little bit of a break. But yeah. color rush jerseys, you know, R.I.P. But <laughs> hopefully we'll see some over the season. Um, so another thing that happened was the preseason game schedule was released. We wanted to give you a quick, you know, some of the notable preseason games. Obviously, you got Week One. Uh, you got the Super Bowl. I don't know, Week Two. You have the Super Bowl uh, matchup: uh, Patriots versus the Eagles. That's going to be something to watch for. Week One, you got Browns versus Giants. Going to see that new Browns team coming together. And then uh, again, Week One, Dave, you got the Vikings and the Broncos. You got yeah. Case Keenum and. And then, uh, again, week one, you always see Lions versus Raiders. Get to see John Gruden, uh, see how his team does. So there's just some of the few preseason games that we're going to be watching for. Yeah, I think the one I'm looking at is uh, I obviously I want to see the Browns. Um, I want to see their new team and all the new pieces that they added. Um, and usually week three of the preseason is when uh, teams play their most, the starters for the most amount of time. So they play, actually, in their week three preseason game, they play the Eagles. Obviously, the Super Bowl champion. So that would be a good test if for two quarters that new Browns team went against um, the Super Bowl champions. Um, so that'll be interesting to watch. And then, obviously, I'm watching um, the Packers. Uh, Jordy Nelson comes back um, week three with the Raiders um, in Oakland. Uh, that'll be interesting. It's kind of sad to see him go, and that'll be really sad to see him play against us. But, um, obviously, um, the Packers is what I'm looking at the most. And uh, personally, I'm excited for the Vikings games because now that we have um, crap, I forgot his name. Cousins. For yeah, now yeah. that we, <laughs> uh, now that we got Kirk Cousins, I think he plays a lot like Case Keenum. So to see how he fits in with our system, it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun thing to watch. And that's just my what I'm really looking forward to. Mm-hmm. I'm all, also looking forward to the entire preseason of the of the Browns. Yeah. You know, it's it's tired. I'm really tired of watching the Browns doing pretty bad 
We're like really, really bad year yeah, really. after year. And it'd, it'd be nice to it'd be nice to see them do something good, especially with their new team they got. Yeah, you know, as Packer and Vikings fans, you know, we've enjoyed some success over the years. So it's yeah. hard to see, you know, living in Cleveland with uh, these fans. You know, you feel bad for them. But. Another thing, in the preseason, you look for, like, free agents in their new spots. I always like seeing them in their new uniforms. Like Kate or uh, Kirk Cousins, he'll be interesting to see, even though it's a little bit gross. To see him in a Vikings uniform and all the Browns ed- additions, see them in a Browns uniform, um, and just see how people fit in new places. That's what I look for in the preseason. So those will be interesting too. Yeah. So preseason games, you know, obviously a great time, you know, kick off to the football season. Uh, another story that came out yesterday is Des Bryant and Jerry Jones will be meeting on Friday. They're going to sit down, I guess, and what they said is they're going to try to figure out, you know, this whole contract thing. And I think this is something the Cowboys really need to get settled. Des is a huge player. He hasn't played well as of late. So I think they need to really sit down, figure out, you know, do we move on from you or do we, you know, can you take a pay cut or something like that? Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't like Des Bryant. He had a very much of a drop-off. He's not, I've never been a fan of him um, throughout his entire career. Um, and I, I really don't understand, you know, what they're going to mean. I don't think Des Bryant's going to want to take a pay cut. Um, he just t- seems doesn't like, seem like that type, of, seem like that type yeah. of guy who's going to do anything he can for the team to help them succeed. So that'll be interesting to see how that goes over. Um, but obviously the best thing for the Cowboys would be to get a little bit of that money back from that contract that is somewhat disappointing because he hasn't played up to his potential. Um, but I just don't know how it's going to go over because Des Bryant, I don't think will not. I don't think he's going to want to take a pay cut. So it'll be interesting. I I think it's in the better interest of the Cowboys to keep Des Bryant mm-hmm, definitely. because you then you have Dak Prescott, Ezekiel Elliott, and Des Bryant. They, that could be one of the best offenses in the league. Yeah, yeah. keep that core together. Yeah, yeah but, I, but Des Bryant just seems like the type of guy who's not going to take a pay cut. He just seems very arrogant and everything. Yeah, and when they, they signed this contract, it was pretty much they, between uh, either signing Des or when they had DeMarco Murray, and they chose to stick with Des, and maybe we'll see if they stick with him still. Um, so we're going to keep along the lines of our sleepers in the draft. Last week, last show we did offensive linemen. Today we're going to do interior defensive line sleepers. I'll let Truman kick it off. Um, for my interior defensive line sleepers um, is going to be uh, Nathan Shepard. Um, he's from Fort Hayes State. Uh, he's projected right now in the fourth or fifth round. But, um, you know, Fort Hayes State, where he played, it's not that big of a school. Obviously, probably if you're listening to this, you don't know what Fort Hayes State, Fort Hayes State is. Um, but the thing was, in the Senior Bowl, um, he was able to show that he could play against top competition, like um, teams from the Division One schools that we all know. Um, he's 6'5". Um, he's got good size, 315 pounds. He's lean. Um, he's very quick. Um, his hips are good. Uh, one of the weaknesses is, is um, he's very, you know, obviously we still don't know if he can play uh, a certain amount of games against top competition, which obviously in the NFL you get. Um, but uh, based on his... Um, Senior Bowl, his size, and, you know, his quickness and um, some of his intangibles, he looks like the type of guy that can go underrated and slept on and, you know, eventually uh, develop into a very good defensive line. Yeah, the thing, I had Shepard, too. Truman stole my uh, <laughs> sleeper. Uh, I'm really high on him. Like Truman said, he was from Fort Hayes State. He's He walked on to Fort Hayes State um, from Canada. He grew up in Canada. But in, but he just established himself as the best player there. Their conference is uh, MIAA, which again I don't really know. They've never. I looked that they're a notable alum from Fort Hayes State. They really don't have anybody. 
So this is going to be interesting. He's probably going to be the biggest name from Fourier State to come out of there. Uh, he was the defensive player of the year in their conference. He's very raw, like he said, but he had a great senior bowl. And we'll see what he does against great, better competition like the NFL. And I I didn't really see too many interior defensive line sleepers, but I um, I did find a edge defensive line sleeper, mm-hmm. uh, Kimoko Turi from the Rutgers. Um, he, he used to be a basketball player, and so he has the the good quickness and agility, and so I really think that's going to help against the the bigger tackles, and it'll it'll be interesting to see where he goes and if he does go somewhere, what he can do in the NFL. Yeah. Um, so we're going to move on. Last week, the Thursday, we did uh, we redrafted the 2017 first through 10 picks. Now we're going to go 11 through 20. Uh, so I'm going to start it off. I, 11, the Saints, they chose uh, Lattimore uh, last week. I had Lattimore going very high. So I think they would choose Reuben Foster, who actually just got arrested for domestic violence. But obviously, <laughs> they, we don't, they didn't know that by the time we did this. So... I think Ruben Foster, we had a great year last year, um, not a great offseason this year, but he's a solid middle linebacker, and I think he's the best defensive player on that board of that position. Yeah, so they picked uh, Marshawn Landmore, as Travis said. Um, so I still think they go with corner, um, and I think they picked Tredavious White. Um, he played for Buffalo last year. Um, he was you know, right behind Lattimore most of the year with quarterback rating um, and stuff like that. He played very good. He has very high potential, um, and I think he's definitely in Buffalo showing that he's going to be that number one corner for the future. Um, and I think that's what New Orleans would have went um, last year with if they didn't have Marshawn Lattimore on the board so they can have that same kind of production that Lattimore gave. Um, I, I would think that I thought that, that they would stay with Marshawn Lattimore. Mm-hmm. Personally, I think he, he had a pretty good rookie season. So after, after they saw that, I think they would have stayed with Marshawn Lattimore. Yeah, I think mean, number 12, the Texans who traded up with the Browns. I think the Browns wouldn't have traded that pick so they would have gotten their quarterback. Oh, they didn't get a quarterback. No, I had him getting uh, Garrett. But I think I don't think the Browns would have traded. I think they would have taken Juju Smith-Schuster. I think he was probably one of the best wide receivers out of the draft last year. They need a wide receiver. They needed talent. Then Now they would have uh, Juju, Josh Gordon, and Corey Coleman for that year. So that would yeah. be a big help. So I think I'm just going to go with the who was drafting here last year. So I do have Houston here with the trade and everything because I did have Houston picking Watson anyways in my uh, – or I didn't have uh, – I did have Cleveland picking Watson in my one last week. So I think Houston here picks Mitch Trubisky. Um, I think that would be cool. I see him sliding a little bit because he didn't get, you know, that he didn't have that much production in um, in Chicago this year, but he has a lot of uh, upside. So I think Houston would end up picking him here um, and kind of put him in that system with Bill O'Brien and um, see if he can kind of, you know, help Trubisky grow even further than what he was. Here I see Houston taking um, Evan Ingram. He's on the he was on the yeah. Giants this year. Evan Ingram showed a lot of potential, especially with his speed. He's one of the fastest tight ends in the league. I think he really could have helped out their offense, and because they already have an amazing defense if they get J.J. Watt and Jadavion Clowney back. And just adding Evan Ingram would have, would have stacked their team even more. Yeah, and then we're going to move to 13, the Cardinals. They chose Asan Reddick at this pick. I think they go and pick a quarterback here and take Pat Mahomes. They need a quarterback. Uh, uh, they have Sam Brad for this year. I think they would much rather have that rather have a rookie quarterback to throw in there. And I think they're going to take a quarterback in this upcoming draft. But I think Mahomes would have been a big help there. Here I have Arizona picking Derek Barnett. Um, he obviously got drafted by Philadelphia last season. He had that huge um, Super Bowl play. You know, 
fumble, the strip sack of Tom Brady. Um, Arizona, I think in this uh, point, is just looking for younger talent. Um, and I think at this right here, they get you know one of the better uh, upsides of young talent in this draft. Um, so that would be huge. They could pair him with um, Chandler Jones and make that kind of a deadly threat. So I think Arizona here would have went with the best pass rusher available, um, which proven by last season would have been Derek Barnett. I have Arizona here. It's pretty much a shocker. I have them taking Deshaun Kaiser. Saw oh, a lot. Wow. Saw a lot of upside in him, even though they, he did not win a game. But I, I just saw a lot of rookie mistakes, and that's I blame that on the Browns organization itself. Mm. I, I think that Arizona probably could have, could have helped him with it, give him, give him a year to kind of like sit back and learn, and that's what that's what the Packers are, I assume, are gonna do with him. Yeah, that's a good pick, I think. Yeah, uh, he just. I think just give him a year to learn and then get in there, and he's going to be a great young quarterback. So then at 14, we have the Eagles. They chose Derek Barnett. I have him off the board in the first couple in the first 10 picks. I have him taking T.J. Watt here. He showed a lot with the Steelers. They need a young pass rusher, and uh, you know he was one of the better talents in this year's draft. Okay. Um, we're at Philadelphia yeah. at 14. Um, I had them picking Mike Williams. Um, I think you know they already had talent. They obviously won the Super Bowl. Um, and they picked um, Derek Barnett in the first round, which obviously made a big impact, but Philadelphia would have been good this season anyways um, with you know Carson Wentz and the young talent they have around him and how he's going to be a future MVP um, and already one of the best quarterbacks in the league. And I think you give him Mike Williams, who you know needed a year with his injury problems to kind of develop, but you know I think he's still got the raw talent and that you know he's got the size and he's got the speed. And I think he's going to be a really good player in this league. And I think Philadelphia, with all the talent that they had, could have afforded to wait a year with Mike Williams and then would have gotten you know all the production that he can give next season and pair him with Alshon Jeffrey. Um, I, I saw Philadelphia taking T.J. Watt. He Like Travis said, he mm-hmm. did show a lot of potential. And he had an amazing rookie season. I think you add him to that, that Philly defense, and they would have been, even though they did win the Super Bowl, I think they would have been one of the best teams in the league for a couple of years here. So we have 15, we have the Colts. They took Malik Hooker, who obviously he had a great rookie year, got cut short by injuries. So I think they would have went with Pat Elfline, second-round pick he went get with the Vikings. Yeah, uh, yeah he they Colts really need a lot of offensive line help, and Elfline was a big help for the Vikings last year. Yeah, um, at Indianapolis, you mentioned their uh, offensive line issues. I'd say you get Ryan Ramchek. Uh, he got drafted by New Orleans with a 32nd pick overall from the Wisconsin Badgers. Um, he played very good last season was one of the top 10 rookies, um, according to Pro Football Focus, um, overall. Uh, he was able to kind of solidify that New Orleans offensive line that had issues for a while. And I think Indianapolis would have loved to have him in their system um, and being able to have that tackle for the future to protect, hopefully, Andrew Luck coming back soon, which they obviously need very much. Um, I saw I saw Indianapolis sticking with the defensive backs and taking a, Dor- a Dory Jackson. Mm-hmm. I think he, had, he showed great potential and just showed his pure like raw skill and i think that indianapolis they need all the help they can get now and a dory jackson would have really helped helped them a lot so at 16 we have the ravens they took marlon humphrey out of alabama i think they take malik hooker here malik hooker like i said showed a lot he sadly his injury got his uh, season got cut short by injuries but you know he was next to ed reed i believe so 
They would have really liked him there. Are you serious? You yeah, think he's the next Ed Reed. You yeah, think he's the next Ed DBU, Ohio State, yes. Uh, the best, the wow. best, yes. the best safety of all time, he thinks he's... That, that is a bold statement. I, I, I truly believe that. That's a dumb I, statement. I, I don't I think, think anybody will come close to Ed Reed. I you can't come does. close to Ed Reed. Well, he, if you're well, about to go by the, some injury-prone Ohio State fan... That he had one injury his rookie year. How is he injury-prone? He's injury-prone because he was injury-prone in Ohio State. He played all the games. Look at last season. Yeah, Look at last yeah, season. One, how many games did he start? He had last one season? freak injury. He, he had one freak injury. Look at how many games did he start? Like four or five. He had one four freak five. injury. Okay, four or five. But, but one freak injury that makes him different. When yeah. You get, when you get injured, you're never the same. Yeah. No. It, it, it takes. It takes a pure. It takes a very pure athlete. Think about to it. To come back from an injury. So you're and saying he started four or that. five games. You're basing him on four or five games, and you're thinking he's gonna be the best safety of all time. Do you think Deshaun Watson's gonna be a quarterback for the Texans? Yes. Deshaun what? Watson. I don't think he's going to be the best quarterback games. of all time. That was four or Never five games. Never did I said he was going to be the best quarterback of all time. you say he's going to be a good quarterback. I think he's going to be a good quarterback. I think Deshaun Watson will be a franchise quarterback. I think, yeah. Deshaun Watson, Deshaun Watson showed enough in those first couple games before the injury. But you think he's, you think Malik Cook yes. is going to be the best safety of all time? Yes. That's the dumbest thing I've ever One of them. I'm not saying he's going to be the best. I don't think Ed Reed stands alone as the best safety of all time. But you okay. just said off four. All right, five we're gonna games. move on. We gotta move, we gotta move four on. Four five games. But I think Malik Cooker is a great talent. I think the Bravens want to find that next Ed Reed, and that's who they will pick at that position. Who One more question. Know? One more question. Why would you think, if you think he's gonna be the best safety of all time, why wouldn't he be pick number one here in this draft? Because of injuries. So, so you don't. Okay. So why wouldn't a team want the best safety of all time? Well, and, I believe also you got. The guys in my top ten, you got Miles Garrett, who's a very good pass rusher. You think he's gonna be the best pass rusher. Well, first of all, I never said Malik okay, Hooker's gonna so, be. Okay, so put yourself in the Cleveland Browns' shoes, and you you pick, say say Joe Montana is in the draft. He gets hurt, whatever, couple games into the season, and you know. Well, I don't know, believe Joe Montana's best quarterback. Of all he's time. not. He's not the best quarterback, <laughs> but he is one of the greatest quarterbacks of yeah. all time. You you're saying you're not gonna pick him? Well, first of all, I. Purely speculation, I think Malik Hooker is going to be one of the best safeties. Not the best, one of. How do you base so, that off of anything? Because of his career at Ohio State. He was one of the most dominant. He was the, college, he college was the shows most, nothing nowadays. But Ed Reed did the same thing. He was dominant in college, and I think Malik Hooker was you, as dominant as he was at Miami. How do you compare? Okay, we're going to move on. We have games. to move on because of Cause time. That is but, the most idiotic comment of all time on this show. No, it's in not. Show. Yeah. yeah, you say that, but then he's going to be elected to the Pro Bowl right. next year, and you're not going to be able to talk. Okay, if, if, okay, if you're elected games. to the Pro Bowl, whoop-de-doo. Yeah. The I Pro think, Bowl and the greatest of all time are two completely okay. different things. I think Ed Reed is one of the best safeties. He's not the best safety. I think we can get to that debate. I think there's a lot of names you could put up there as the best safety. Ed Reed's Ed Reed is up there. He was a great pro, one of the best defensive players of all time. I think Malik Hooker shows the promise to have those same type of skills that Ed Reed had. And I think that's why the Ravens take him here because Marlon Humphrey didn't have that great of a year. I think Malik Hooker is a better talent than him. Yeah, okay. I have Baltimore taking Malik Hooker, too. I think he's Yeah, a, there you go. Yeah. I think he's a great player, but I don't know how you compare him to the best safety of all time. He just shows his comparison. He looks like him. Uh, yeah, that's a, a most idiotic count. I didn't all right, well, we're going to Dave. What do you got? I, I, have, I have the Ravens taking Dave and Njoku. I, I saw the Browns underutilized him, I think, because the Browns just didn't yeah. really have a, a full team this year. And David Njoku going with Joe Flacco, I think it would have given Joe Flacco another weapon to 
help hopefully compete with the Steelers in the AFC North. All right, we're going to speed this up a little bit because of time. So 17, I have them staying, the Redskins staying with Jonathan Allen. Uh, I have at 17, um, the Redskins picking TJ Watt, Badger. Um, obviously had a great impact season with the Steelers, so Redskins would go with that. I, I have the Redskins also taking Jonathan Allen at 17. Yeah. So then 18, Titans, they took Adoree Jackson. I think Adoree Jackson, I think that's a good pick. I think he stays there. They, they utilized him in a lot of different ways last year, so I think he stays there. Tennessee, uh, I had them picking Marshawn Lattimore. They get their corner. They picked the Dory Jackson. So wait, uh, oh wait, well, hold on. You have Tredavious White over Marshawn Lattimore. No, I have Tredavious White who went to New Orleans in this draft. I had Marshawn Lattimore five to the Titans. You just said Marshawn Lattimore. No, I said. Oh. I, okay. You okay. need to get your <laughs> together. I was about to go um, on. And actually, Tredavious White had a better. Uh, Pro football no. Okay, but uh, Tennessee, they had they picked their shot their lockdown corner in my draft earlier, so I think they go with the receiver here and they go Cooper Cup. Obviously showed uh, very good development with the Rams. Um, might not be the same without that offense that he was in, um, but I think he showed a uh, really good season. So I think Titans go with him. Um, I had the Titans picking Tease Tabor. He's on Detroit this mm-hmm. year, and um, I think that he he did cause he caused a couple problems with the when the Vikings did play them. And it's pretty good if you can stop if you could stop Adam Thielen with the Case Keenum connection. <laughs> they they had an amazing season together, so I think Tease Tabor he's gonna be good. Nineteen, the Bucks chose O.J. Howard. I don't think we've seen enough out of Howard yet, so I think they would stay there. He's very athletic, tight end. Um, I think Tampa Bay goes with Marcus Williams, uh, the safety uh, who was picked by New Orleans. Obviously, he had that crazy failed tackle against the Minnesota Vikings. Um, but I don't think that, you know, can tell someone's whole season. He had a really good season, um, rated as one of the top 20 rookies. Um, and I think Tampa Bay just looked for an impact player here and, uh, could put, could develop their back end of their defense there. Um, I, I also had them sticking with OJ Howard. Mm -hmm. I just think that, um, what's his name? Um, the Tampa Bay's quarterback, Jameis Winston, Jameis Winston. I think he needs, he needs all the help he can get. I, I just think OJ Howard, he can provide some help. To James Winston. Then 20 Broncos, they chose Garrett Bowles. I think they stay with the tackle, but I think they choose the best tackle out of this draft. Give the credit to Truman with uh, tackle out of Wisconsin. What's his name? Ryan Ramsey. Ryan Ramsey, yeah. Oh, my. All right, uh, Denver, um, I think they go with Reuben Foster here. Um, obviously, arrested today. That's why I kind of had him drop a little bit. I honestly think he's one of the best players in this draft. Um, if he can get his head straight, and you know they lost Trevathan, um, they lost some of that defense that made them so dominant in Super Bowl champions um, a few years ago. So I think they go with Ruben Foster to kind of redevelop that defense um, and kind of build that same type of team they had when Peyton Manning was there. Like Truman was saying, to, for Denver to rebuild their defense, I have them taking Tre'Davious White. Now that now that the Broncos lost most of their defensive backs, I think Tre'Davious White really can help them. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we're gonna move on uh, to basketball, but before that, we just wanted to remind you our show is brought to you by D's Home Cuts. D's is the best place around Northeast Ohio for a great haircut at a low price. For only seven dollars, D's Home Cuts provide you with a modern haircut and styling. Truman and I have been getting our haircut there for the last couple months, and we have never looked or felt better. Every time you go into the shop, you're going to get a professional cut. The cuts get better each time because D is always upgrading their equipment so they can give you the best haircut possible. You can find D's Home Cuts on Twitter or Instagram at D's Home Cuts. DM them for an appointment, and trust me, you will not be disappointed. D's Home Cuts. 
haircuts, professional haircuts at a low price. So, NBA basketball playoffs are set. But before that, we're going to get into that. I wanted to uh, bring up, you know, the Knicks fired Jeff Hornacek. Uh, he went 60 and 104 over the past couple of years. Uh, they had a pretty mediocre season after Porzingis went out. I, I feel bad for Jeff. Uh, I really liked him when the Knicks hired him. I was a fan there when they had uh, Mello. And I think, you know, he got stuck in that Phil Jackson system. He wanted him to run the triangle. I don't think uh, Hornacek wanted to run that. And I think that's just a sad thing for him to, you know, get pushed out of there. And plus he lost his best player this year. And, you know, what what do you expect him to do? So then we're going to move on to the playoffs. Playoff seating was set. We had a very exciting game last night with the Timberwolves and the uh, Nuggets went to overtime. One of the one of the first games in the last couple of years to be like a true playoff game, play-in game. But the the playoff seating is set. We're gonna get our predictions. We'll go first round. We got the Wizards versus the Raptors. Um, there's no, you can't really pick uh, eight over one. Um, I think the Raptors get this one. I think the Wizards get one. So I'm gonna pick Raptors in five. Um, I have the Raptors in four. I just think that um, Kyle Lowry and Demar Derozan are just they're just too good for the Wizards defense. Yeah, I choose Raptors in five. I think the I think John Wall steals the game, but I think the Raptors are too. A lot better. Then we got Celtics versus Bucks. I choose Celtics and six. Bucks and six. There's no other way to say it. Bucks are the more talented team, I believe. Kyrie injury hurts them. Obviously, they didn't have Hayward. Bucks are more talented. Give me Bucks mm. and six. I have Celtics and seven. I think Giannis. Giannis will provide a fight, but I think he just won't be able to perform in the long run. Yeah, he's not that leader. Um, then we got 76ers in the Heat. I think I think, this, I think the 76ers. <laughs> I think the 76ers easily win this in four. I just think you know that young talent is too much for the Heat. You think the 76ers sweep the Heat? Yes. Oh wow, that's that's a dumb one. Um, <laughs> the 76ers will beat the Heat, but that will be a six or seven game series. Um, the inexperience wow. of the 76ers will show, and the Heat are a very underrated team. Um, Hassan Whiteside can easily equal out uh, Embiid. Um, I think Dwayne Wade is a good experience lifter for the Heat, um, but I do think the 76ers' talent just beats them out, but I think it'll be a six-game six series, 76ers and six. I have 76ers and five. I, I think Dwayne Wade, his experience will come through for one game, but the 76ers, they showed a great team this year. And I think that's going to carry over in the first couple of rounds of the playoffs. So we got Cavs, Pacers. Obviously, LeBron is 12-0 and in the first round. They're 1-3 versus the Pacers this year, but all that was before the trade deadline. So I think the Cavs take this. I think they take it in six, but I think, you know, LeBron is LeBron. So you got to take him in. Yeah, I think you can't pick against the Cavs here. Um, but the Pacers are 3-1 and versus the Cavs um, this in season. Um, so I do think the Pacers actually take two games, um, and I think it's pay- or Cavs in six, um, which is a little bit surprising, but the Cavs do end up winning. I have I have the Cavs in five because just because they the Cavs did not get the first seed in the in the East, um, but I it's it's LeBron James, my opinion, greatest basketball player of all time. I think his his experience and after the trade deadline, the team that they got, they're just gonna they're just gonna go to town on the Pacers. Yeah, that's going to be an interesting match because you have Lance Stevenson and LeBron again going at it in the playoffs. So that's going to be fun. Now we got Rockets versus the Timberwolves. Uh, no doubt about it, the Rockets win. I do think the uh, Timberwolves steal one game because I think they're a cool story um, with the whole playoff drought and stuff. So maybe that first game back in Minnesota, they, they take that game. So I'm going to say Rockets in five. Um, I, I have Rockets sweeping the Timberwolves. 
Rockets, James Harden showed an MVP caliber season this year, and I just don't think the Timberwolves have anybody to match up with him. All right. I have the Timberwolves in seven. I think I think I like you, James Harden and Chris about? Paul. I don't think both of them ever really consistently showed up in the playoffs. They got the Timberwolves were the third seed for the longest time until Jimmy Butler went out. They got Jimmy Butler back. I think the trio of Jimmy Butler, Wiggins, and Towns takes down the number one seed in the West and provides an easy path for our next matchup, Warriors versus Spurs. So if I you think, didn't think that he could get more idiotic after calling Malik Hooker the best safety of all time, he just did I by knocking Malik out Hooker. the MVP and Chris Paul and the number one seed in the hottest team in the NBA. That is yep. the dumbest thing anyone's hey. ever said. Hey, if it's true, it looks good for, looks good for me. So, But but, but it's not true. <laughs> it's not you, you might as well say the Browns are winning the Super Bowl. This then year. we got uh, Warriors versus Spurs. No Kawhi Leonard. I think the Warriors take this easily. And I, I'm going to give it four. I think they sweep them. Um, I think uh, the Spurs, Popovich, they'll make it They'll make it somewhat of a series because they're the Spurs. Uh, so I think five or six. I'll probably say five because it's the Warriors. Um, so Warriors in five. I, I have the Warriors in six. Popovich has a lot of experience in the playoffs. And I would I would have the Warriors beating him sooner, but because Steph Curry has been out for quite a while now, I just think he's going to be a little rusty. But once he gets back in the groove, he's going to go back and do his work. Then we have uh, the Blazers versus the Pelicans. I really like the Pelicans here, but I think the Blazers are just too talented. I think they take it in six. Uh, Blazers in five. I have Pelicans in six. Anthony Davis, he's, he's shown... He's shown what he can do this season, I think he's gonna he's gonna do that in the playoffs. Thunder versus Jazz, I think the Thunder take this. I think they finally play up to their ability. They've been an underwhelming team all year. I think they take this in five. Uh, Thunder in seven. I think it's gonna be the best first round series. Um, and it's gonna be really interesting to see if the Thunder can kind of step up. Um, but I do think the Thunder win in seven. Um, like Truman said, I I have the game going to seven game. The series going to seven games. But on the other hand, I have the Jazz pulling out. The Thunder just did not show me anything that I liked this season. Yeah, so that's the first round playoffs. We're gonna obviously keep up on that as it you know goes, and we're gonna watch that Thunder and I mean the Timberwolves and Rockets series, and hopefully my thing comes right. Which is not going. So the season is has did wrap up on Wednesday. We just want to give you know what is. Th- some of the most disappointing teams from this year. For me, it's the Lakers. They went 35-47. and 47. They've had, for the last couple of years, you know, they've always been this team where, oh, they got a lot of young talent, and this is the year they're going to put it together. They had Luke Walton, first-year coach this year, and I know they had some, you know, stuff with injuries, and they got Isaiah Thomas, but this team, just every year, they, they every year is supposed to be the year they put this young talent together, and they just can't do it. So it's just disappointing to see. Yeah, I still think the Lakers are a couple years away, so I'm not going to give them that. For me, um, I could go with the Bucks here, I, 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 but I, I'll, I'll go with another team. But the Bucks, I, you know, I thought it was the year where we kind of step up in the East and take that three or four seed. Um, and we kind of felt, Travis, you have no room to laugh at anybody's <laughs> takes today. You are the biggest idiot oh, in the world. Um, but, you know, we're, we're the seventh seed. We're playing, we're good, we're well matched up with uh, Boston, so we'll see what we do there. Uh, but my disappointing team is the Thunder. Um, they got all this star power, you know, Carmelo Anthony, Paul George is supposed to be one of the best players in the league. And you pair him with, in my opinion, um, one of the best players in the league in Russell Westbrook, one of the most dominant players in league history in Russell Westbrook. Um, and you know, they just didn't, you know, they're the, they're the five seed, I believe, right? 
four seed. Yeah, they're the four seed. Four seed. Um, you know, they they should they've been underperforming all year long. Um, and they they should be up there with the Rockets and the Warriors. And they just don't seem like they would you know really hang with anybody any uh, one of the Rockets or the Warriors in a series, which kind of disappoints me because of all that star power. Um, but I do think if they can make some racket here in the playoffs, that uh, I'll retract that. But that's there. good though because the Thunder won't have to play the Rockets because they'll be out in the first round. Oh my God! <laughs> uh, my most disappointing team was the Suns. Yes, they were the the last team in the league. I, I think Devin Booker could have. He's a great player, and I think he he could have done something great, but he just he failed to perform this year with the Suns only winning 21 games this year. So that's basketball playoffs start Saturday. We will obviously update you on Tuesday. So we're going to move to baseball now, but before that, we want to remind you that our show is brought to you by A's Lawn Service. Since 2014, A's has been providing professional landscaping services to many homes around Northeast Ohio. By using professional equipment, A's constantly strives to provide families with professional landscaping at a low and fair price. Are you tired of being dragged around by bigger landscaping companies, Dave? Um, yeah, I yeah. <laughs> Turn to A's and trust me, your lawn and your home will never look better. Trust A's for all your landscaping needs and you will not be disappointed. The phone number is 330-241-2392. Again, 330-241-2392. And the email is lawnservice.a's at gmail.com. A's Lawn Service, LLC. You grow it, we cut it. So baseball is pretty exciting uh, Wednesday. Two big bench-clearing fights with the Rockies and the Padres and the Red Sox and the Yankees. I wanted to break those down. We'll start with the Rockies and Padres. Started off when, uh, I think it's a German Marquez for the Rockies, tossed a towel and uh, at one of the players for the Padres. And then Tuesday, Scott Oberg of the uh, Rockies hit the outfielder for the Padres. I forget his name. He hit him in the ribs. So yesterday they had uh, Paul Mendero, Paul, I don't know his name, pitcher for the uh Padres, he hit the best player on the Rockies, one of the best players in the league, Nolan Arenado, and he charged the mound. He just went right up there and charged the mound, started a big fight, five injections, five ejections, not injections. Um, so that was a big fight. And then you had Red Sox Yankees uh, at night on Wednesday. You had three players and a coach ejected. You know, this started after Tyler Austin slid into too hard into second base, and Brock Holt really didn't like that. So then they, uh, Kelly threw a 98-mile-per-hour fastball at Tyler Austin. And then, you know, Austin threw his bat down, and, you know, Kelly was taunting him, and he just charged him. And I, I, I get it. You know, you don't really like to see fights, but fights, charging the mound in baseball is just probably, I think, one of the most exciting things in all sports. Yeah, I loved it. Um, the Rockies and Padres, yeah, that was cool. Um, but the Yankees and the Red Sox, that's awesome, kind of seeing them fight, because, you know, that's one of the best in my opinion, or top three, that's a top three rivalry in all sports. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that goes way back. And to see them kind of fight and duke it out uh, kind of is cool because, you know, it kind of brings back, um, you know, and reassures everyone, like, these teams hate each other and this these fan bases hate each other. Um, so I thought that one was cool. I think this is great for baseball. Anytime there's a fight, uh, I love it. Uh, the fan, I'm sure there's a lot of people who don't, but I just think it's interesting um, and... I don't know. I know you can't. You don't want it, but uh, I don't think you should stop it. You need it. it. You don't yeah. want it, but you need yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> Personally, I don't watch too much baseball, but when I do and I see a fight, it's my favorite thing about baseball. Yeah. Baseball nowadays is getting very slow and very boring, and I think the fights bring bring life to it. 
Yeah, I mean, then you got, you know, big scrum, and you got CC Sabathia just charging in there, and he's just an absolute unit, just taking out people. But, yeah, it's it's so exciting to watch that, you know, player throw his bat, then his helmet down, and just charge the mound. I, don't, I think that's probably one of the best situations in all sports. So, we have, like I said, baseball started last a couple weeks ago, so we wanted to give our hot teams and our cold teams. What hot teams should we take seriously or players? For me, I think it's the Mets. They're 8-1 right now. Their starters are finally healthy. I think Mickey Calloway came from the Indians, a uh, product of Terry Francona, is a great manager. Uh, their catcher got hurt last night. He had, I think he has to get Tommy John surgery, so that's going to be something to watch. But that lineup is – that. Uh, Rotation is finally healthy, and it's going to be scary to see what they can do. Uh, for me, um, I'm going to buy the Red Sox. Um, I know that's kind of an easy pick, um, but, you know, with the Yankees kind of slumping and that division kind of slumping down, I think it's the Red Sox, you know, it's it's their it's their division to take and possibly their league to take. Um, you know, they've been, they've been off and running since the start. Um, I think Mookie Betts is just showing that he's one of the better players in the league, and he is honestly making an early case for AL MVP. Um, you know, if they have that and he could play consistent, um, that would be, that would be great for them. You know, I just think, you know, David Price is playing good. You know, they've got a great rotation. If they can keep it up, um, into the warmer months, cause it is cold out there in Boston. And once they get into the warmer months, that's going to be, might even be better for them. Um, so I am buying the Red Sox right now. And if it, there was an early, 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 um, uh, world series pick, I'd probably put the Red Sox in there for me. I'm going to go the other way and pick a player, uh, Shohei Otani, pitcher from the Angels. Yeah. Uh, he he's doing stuff that pitchers have not done before. Mm-hmm. He's he's pitching great. He's hitting home runs. Usually nowadays you get pitchers to specialize in just pitching. Yeah. But, but I think he early on he's showing some great great potential of what he can do later on in the season. Yeah, he's we've talked about him a couple times. You know, he's just you know insane. So now we're going to give cold starts that we should start taking seriously. And for me, I think it's Aaron Judge. He doesn't really hit you know, what he's hit last year. And is, is this a sophomore slump? We talked about it a lot in the offseason. I think he's entering into that sophomore slump, and it's going to be tough for him to break out of it because you know the Yankees are slumping right now. The whole team is slumping. And you know you can't really worry about Aaron Judge. you got to worry about the whole team, and I don't think he's going to get that type of health that he needs. Yeah, for me, it's the Dodgers. Um <laughs> You know they're four. I think they're four and seven right now, or something like that. Um, they lost to the Athletics yesterday, 16 to six. Um, their offense, and to be honest with you, six runs. That was one of their best offensive games all season because they've been so slow starting um, offensively that you know six runs should have got them the win, but then they gave up 16 runs. Um, you know Clayton Kershaw, he's still best pitcher in the game. Um, he's still playing good, but that offense is just not there. I think they're missing Justin Turner, um, and I think it's time you know with the Diamondbacks starting to play good um, in that division. You know the Rockies. I think it's time to start looking at the Dodgers like um, a, a really cold start that we just start to buy. Um, I, I'm going with the Yankees as a whole team with the pickup of Giancarlo Stanton. I think that they should have been a, they should have been a powerhouse hitting many home runs than Giancarlo Stanton with the, um, home run, home run champion last year. I think him and Aaron Judge aren't doing what they should be doing with that team, but players, players, I'm, I'm going to have to go with Mike Trout. I, his first, first few games hasn't, hasn't really done anything and Personally, I'm not a fan of Mike Trout. I just think he, he's too cocky, 
and I just think that's that's going to really catch up to him this season. That's because he's an Eagles fan. Dave didn't like when he was <laughs> cheering on the Eagles, whooping up on the Vikings in the NFC Championship. Hey, game. I just want to say, if the Vikings beat the Panthers last year, the Vikings would have won the Super Bowl. <laughs> All right. The Vikings we're going to move on to question and answer. Uh, we had a little bit more baseball stuff, but we're going to move on because of time. We want to get to Dave's interview. So we got a couple questions answered. One of them was, who should we, who should I pick up in my fantasy baseball league? And for me, it's Preston Tucker. He's the left fielder for the Braves. He's hitting 303 right now. He started hitting 385. You know, 50%. He's available in like I think 50% of all ESPN leagues. He's been added a lot over the past couple weeks. He's somebody you you might want to pick up right now. Um, for like right now, um. I I really had, didn't do much research on this because my team is beating Travis 215 to 111. Yeah, because right why? Why? Who was your um, best player from the first um, from the first night? No, who? Corey who, Kluber. Yeah. Um. So I'm, you know I didn't I haven't really had the need um to pick up someone. Um. And my team's really good. So though. I'm just gonna look down my whole team right now. Um. You know I've got the rotation. I've got Kluber, Archer, um, Hill. Um, I've got the closers. I've got Osuna from Toronto. I've got Doolittle from Washington. Um, just looking at my team, you know, already 1-0. I've got Goldschmidt. Um, I'm just going to really sit here. I'm going to use this segment to brag that I am killing Travis by over 100 points right now. Because of Corey um, Kluber. So, you know, he can talk about the sleepers that he needs to desperately pick up off the waivers. But I'm going to stick with the team I drafted because, obviously, it's doing very good. Well, yeah. Well, also, as we're sitting here, you know, I'm staring at my league championship uh Paper from a couple years ago when I did beat Truman in the baseball championship. He's not. You've never won a champion. You didn't even make the playoffs. 16 BC. You didn't even make the playoffs last year. So don't know why you're taking advice. He he's the kid who quits after the first couple weeks because his team sucks. Not when I'm whooping your ass by 100 points. (laughs) So we're gonna move to the next question. With uh, can we give a sleeper for college football next year? And for me, it's a team that's underperformed the last couple of years. Nebraska. They have Scott Frost in there now. We saw what he did last year with uh, UCF. Been, Nebraska has always been that team where you know everybody thinks they're going to come in and have a great year because they're a great recruiting class, and they always underperform. I think Scott Frost is a fantastic coach. I think he's going to turn the Cornhuskers around and finally, you know, break up that monotony over there in that division with Wisconsin just wins it every year. Yeah, um, so obviously, I like Nebraska, too. I had them down. Um, I love Scott Frost. Um, I love what he did in Central Florida. Um, uh, but obviously, I don't think they're going to be able to take down uh, the dynasty over there in Wisconsin um, of just winning that division over and over again. Um, I think you look at Wisconsin, um, they're definitely um, underrated in my opinion. Um, you know, they've been in the Big Ten Championship the past few years. They just haven't been able to get over that hump. Um, and I think this is the year they finally do. But another team that I want to talk about, because I know I just get called biased if I just sit here and talk about Wisconsin for 15 minutes, um, I think Central Florida is underrated. Um, they lost Scott Frost, and there's a lot of change going on there. You know, they're Mike Hughes, he's leaving on their defense. Um, the one-arm Shaquem Griffin, um, he's leaving their defense. But... But I think, you know, after the season and the undefeated start and beating Auburn um, in the uh, Orange Bowl, Peach yeah, Bowl or something like that, um, you know, you know, people are calling them the national, the real national champions. The recruits are coming. I don't know who's there. Um, you know, I don't know. But I think that it's a team that you shouldn't sleep on because they're going to have a high overall early ranking. And um, in that easier conference, I think um, Central Florida can still make some. Make I really some like Central Florida's quarterback, Mackenzie Milton. Uh, he had a great year last year. Oh, He's coming he was back. awesome against Auburn. So that's going to be something to watch. Um, I, I have Stanford. 
Stanford, Bryce Love coming back. I think he's he, he's going to do some great stuff. And Stanford has the most offensive line coming back in the Pac-12 North. and Or they're going to win the Pac-12 North this year is what I'm saying. But they have the most offensive linemen coming back this year. And that that's huge for teams playing football. Everything starts and ends with the with the offensive line. So we're gonna move on to our top ten quarterbacks of all time. I did a speech the other day in communications and uh, about the Packers, and some kid asked me who my favorite player was, and I said Aaron Rodgers because I think he's the best quarterback of all time. And he told me that he wasn't even top fifteen. So that got me pretty mad. Uh, so I wanted to come here, and we wanted to give our top 10 list. Now, this is pure talent. This is not accomplishments. If we're doing accomplishments, I think Tom Brady is the best. But we're going to go pure talent all time. So we're going to go top 10. All, start at 10. We'll start at 10, and we'll go down the list. So at 10, we gotta we got to move it along a little bit quicker because of time. But I'm going to go Roger Stahlback from the Cowboys. Um, for me, I'm going to go Otto Graham uh, way back in the day. Uh, played for the Browns. Great quarterback, one of the best, I think the best player in Browns history. Um, so Jim I'm going to go Graham. Uh, Jim Brown's a not a good human being, so I'm going to go Graham. But Jim Brown was amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's a debate for another day. But <laughs> um, I'm going to have to go with Drew Brees. Okay. I, I, like I think that. I think Drew Brees is he has shown his longevity in the league, and he's done a lot of great stuff over the years. Nine, I have Otto Graham. So like I said, he's a good player. Kind of under overshadowed because of uh, how late he played. Um, I'm gonna go at nine. I'm gonna go Bart Starr. Uh, my boy Bart Starr, Packer, uh, five NFL championships. Was people just fail in their their dumbass heads to get through because they all they talk about is Tom Brady. But Bart Starr did it first. Um, definitely top ten quarterback of all time. Um, next to the best head coaching and quarterback duo and Vince Lombardi and Bart Starr. Um, I'm going to stick with the Packers, but I'm going to go a little current. I'm going to go with Aaron Rodgers. Damn, yeah. man. <laughs> Aaron, Aaron Rodgers, I, I, yes, he's, he's a great quarterback, but he's just not one of the best. He, I have him at number nine because people like Tom Brady, I just think, are much better than him. Yes, right. yes he has a very good Hail Mary ball, <laughs> but... All right, we're going to move on. Oh, yeah, bunch uh, of bullshit from the Vikings. Number eight, I have another Cowboy quarterback with Troy Aikman. Um, number eight, I had Troy Aikman as well. Great quarterback. Um, no no debate there. Number eight, number eight, I'm coming back to Minnesota. I'm taking Fran Tarkin. Okay, I respect that. I like that. that. Yeah. I like that. We respect that. Number seven, a little low for me, but with the other quarterbacks ahead of him, I think it's Fitz, is Brett Favre. Um, I'm gonna have I'm gonna have Favre a little higher, <laughs> um, but uh, seven for me is Peyton Manning, which might seem a little low because he's current. Um, but you know I still top ten quarterback of all time, no denying his greatness. Um, so for me number seven Peyton Manning. Um, I I have Roger Staubach. Mhm. Respect. All right, number six, I have uh, Dan Marino. Never won a Super Bowl, but I think based on pure talent, he's one of the best. Um, remember my list is based off pure talent, so I'm not, I'm not going, I'm not, it might be surprising to some people. Um, at number six, uh, I have John Elway, um, one of my favorite quarterbacks of all time, um, gunslinger, uh, great quarterback, kind of pissed me off, you know, I obviously wasn't live, but, you know, beat Brett Favre in the Super Bowl, you know, those Super Bowls at the end of his career, I'm going to go John Elway at six. Um, number six, I'm going Dan Marino from the Dolphins. Mm -hmm. All right, number five, I had John Elway, too. Like I said, he's up there. Okay, uh, number five, I had Joe Montana. 
A little low, a little low, um, but still top 10. Great quarterback. Number five, I had John Elway. Okay, so then number four, I had Joe Montana. So we're going to get, you know, the names are going to get a little repetitive here, but yeah. At number four for me, I had Brett Favre. Um, and my one of my, I don't know, it's one of, between my favorite players of all time, um, but just the attitude he brought on the field, um, hell of a quarterback, um, and just just uh, makes me spe- speechless every time I watch his highlights. Yeah, num- number four, I'm going to go with Peyton Manning. I think he's, he's been in the league for as long as anybody can remember, and he's shown his pure talent with a couple different teams now. Okay, so what are we at, number three? Uh, I had Tom Brady. I think Tom Brady is one of the best quarterbacks of all time. But I think a lot of that is in part due to Bill Belichick. I'm gonna go Tom Brady at three as well. Um, if we're if again, repeat. If this is a list over pure accomplishments, Tom Brady's probably definitely undisputed number one. But this is not. This is based off pure talent. That's for all the a holes listening out there. Pure talent. Uh, Tom Brady at three. Um, number three, I'm gonna go with Brett Favre. Okay. Right. Right. Brett Favre, he's he's done a lot of things. Good things for the Vikings. Good things for the Packers. <laughs> uh, he's not a Ain't no Viking. <laughs> that, that's something that uh, Vikings fans and Packers fans can agree on that he is okay. a yeah. quarterback. Number two, I had Peyton Manning. I think Peyton Manning is one of the most talented quarterbacks of all time, and that's where I put him. Two for me, Dan Marino. Um, Dan Marino is one of the most talented arms of all time. Strong. Um, unfortunately, he didn't win anything down there in Miami. Um, but if you just look at pure talent, Dan Marino was just just crazy the throws that he could make. Uh, my number two is Joe Montana. He's he's done he's done some crazy things over the years. Number one, I think me and Truman both have the same player with Aaron Rodgers. Oh. I think pure talent, just some of the throws he makes. I mean, I could I, if I could die right at, right before I want to die, I would just want to play a 10 minute video of Aaron Rodgers' greatest throws, and I would die happy no matter what's going on in my life. It's wow. just, oh man. To me, it's undisputed. Yeah. The man, the way this man is so, he's so elegant. The way he, he gets out of the. I'll be honest. It's sexy watching <laughs> him throw the football. Oh, it's he's elegant outside of the pocket, inside of the pocket. He can make every throw on the football field. I don't think there's one player on this list who can make every single throw. Aaron Rodgers can. He can. He can run. Um, you know the the hail marys. I don't think any quarterback makes those. Um, I could talk about him for hours, and I hope one day we just have a show talking about Aaron Rodgers because he is the greatest, not the only greatest quarterback of all time, but the greatest athlete in sports. That is the most bold statement I've ever heard. Um, my number one, people are gonna hate me for it, but I am going with Tom Brady himself. Okay. Tom Tom Brady, you look at just look at his stats and what he's done over the years and his skill. He makes the throws. He's arguably one of the most clutch quarterbacks. I think Aaron Rodgers does have, he's got the Hail Mary ball, but Tom Brady has every throw, every throw behind that. So we're going to move on to Dave's interview. Um, a couple questions for you. We got to speed it up a little bit, um, but tell us about your background in sports. So I grew up playing sports. Um, I never, when I was younger, I never really did want to play football. But my mom, my mom forced me to do it, so, so I did that, and I'm still playing football here today, and I tried out basketball and baseball, but football has really been number one for me. So who are your favorite teams? Um, obviously NFL, the Minnesota Vikings. Boo! They're, they're That's great. A puke. They're a great team this year. They're gonna win the NFC North for the third oh, time in God. four years. Um, baseball, I have I don't like I said I don't watch too much baseball, so. I'm gonna stick with stick with Cleveland and go with the Indians. And uh, basketball, I am a Cavs fan, but I'm also a very big Dwayne Wade fan. I've always liked him when I was younger, 
And when LeBron went to the Heat, I was one of the few people here in Cleveland that enjoyed that. Okay. Um, so, we got a question for you. Do you seriously believe that the Vikings are better with the Aaron Rodgers-led Packers? So, I, I've been thinking about this question for a while now. Uh, final answer is yes. Oh, God. Oh, my God. The Vikings defense. The best defense in the league. No doubt about that. Nick Foles, to- Nick Foles had other yeah. ideas. Okay, yeah. They had one bad game in how many games? Nick Foles tore their butts apart. Okay, and that... just imagine what Aaron Rodgers is going to do to them next season. Okay, if he'll play. Yeah, if you want to cheap shot him again? You want to cheap shot him If anybody wants to cheap shot him again, then yeah. Yeah, but... well, then we'll change our stories. Um, but the Vikings defense, I think, is just better than the Packers offense. And um, vice versa, I think the, the Vikings offense with this year, that Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs, and also Kyle Rudolph, what they showed this year. I think, and the Vikings def- or the Packers defense, my opinion, non-existent. Oh, I think I think you're very wrong. Um, <laughs> yeah. You, time purposes, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go into you too bad, but you're you're extremely wrong and kind of idiotic on that. Yeah, I think or, I'll admit I think the Vikings have more talent overall, but we have the best player in I think NFL history, so I think it kind of evens out, and I think we get the advantage, and we've shown that over the past couple of years. <laughs> okay. So. <laughs> Um, so you added Kirk Cousins over the offseason. Are you happy with that move? Uh, I'm a, I'm a love-hate relationship right now with Kirk Cousins. I love him because he does play very very similar to Case Keenum. Case Keenum did amazing things with the Vikings. But really, in general, if I was the Vikings, I would have kept Case Keenum. He went, I want to say, like 14-3 and three as a starter, something like that. As a third-string quarterback. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. And he, he transformed Adam Thielen from a, a Division two college to number five receiver this past season. I think it's I think it's crazy that just a third-string quarterback could do that. But overall, overall I sort of like it. Yeah. Uh, so who do you think the Vikings are going to get in the draft upcoming? Um, I forgot his name, but it was the uh, tackle out of Texas. Connor Williams, I think it is. Something like yeah. that. Yeah. I think I think he the Vikings do need another reboot in the offensive line. Um, their offensive line did great this year, but injury struck them pretty bad again. Mm-hmm. Injury tends to hit them pretty bad every year, so I think get another another offensive lineman real, will really help them in the long run. So who is your favorite athlete of all time of all professional sports? My favorite athlete of all time will have to be Adrian Peterson. Oh he he was the one that really that got be me. That his kids. With yes, stick. <laughs> with the stick. Yeah, but he was the one that really got me to the Vikings, and he's what he did first after tearing his ACL, coming back nine yards short of the rushing record. But I think Adrian Peterson has just done amazing things, and he's the one that brought the love of Minnesota to me. Yeah, he could not only flip the switch on the field, but also on his kid. <laughs> so we're gonna move on. Okay. Uh, what's your favorite sports memory of all time? Uh, favorite sports memories probably was my very first start on my high school football team. That was we won the game and that was that was one of the That's greatest awesome. things. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I, I'm gonna put that one at number two. Greatest <laughs> moment. Greatest moment. Favorite moment in sports history: the Minneapolis miracle. That was uh, uh, all luck. That was Stefan Diggs is a true god. He is an amazing receiver. He will torch the Packers both oh games this God. year. Uh, we'll shut him down. Okay. 
Yeah, I mean, I think Tremont Williams is going to have something to say. Yeah, we'll get it. <laughs> that's our show for today. We want to thank you to our sponsors, D's Home Cuts and A's Lawn Service. We ask that you go onto iTunes and give us five stars, rate and review us. Follow us on Twitter or Instagram at TNT Sports Talk 12. You can find us on 12 Ounce tomorrow from 12 to 1. And on our new site, The Grueling Truth, you can find us on there now, too. Uh, we want to thank you today for coming in today. I also want to, I want to thank you guys for having me on. This is, this is a great time. Yeah, it was fun. Um, have a great day. Tune in Tuesday. We have another guest. Uh, I think we're going Johnny Glad. Johnny Glad's going to come on. Uh, he's a Pittsburgh fan. He's going to talk a little bit about the playoffs, NHL playoffs, because we obviously don't know much about that. But, you know, I thank you guys for listening. Have a great day, and tune in on Tuesday. Thank you. Go Packers. Go Vikings.